0: Hello again, this is Buck Benny speaking. Welcome to another episode of the 1952 1953 season of The Jack Benny Show. Tonight's episode uh, is one of those tour de force episodes with uh, Mel Blanc. He's doing some amazing stuff. He's going to be a chicken, a jaguar, the sportsman's announcer, the Mexican announcer, and he's also going to be some race cars for us. So so if you like to hear Mel Blanc do a lot of things, this is a great night for you. We also have Mr. Kitzel stop by. Uh, Frank Nelson's going to be on the show. Benny Rubin's going to be on the show. Uh, And just just a a lot of great folks are on this episode. So I hope you're very much going to enjoy it. Um, Some folks have mentioned that I'm so positive about the episodes Like I love every episode and every person in every episode I really do love Jack's shows uh, I will point out something that I enjoyed But I enjoyed a, in a, um, what, a devious way I guess I uh, <laughs> This last uh, Thursday's final episode of the Jack Benny show from the 19... 19- 42-43 uh, season featured uh, actress and singer Deanna Durbin and I gotta say, her performance, her her delivery of lines and everything was, I thought, pretty flat <laughs> and so I enjoyed just how off she sounded and then when she sang the song, it was one of the most incredible pieces of musical horror that I've ever heard I just loved it because the, I mean it might have originally sounded great, I don't know it's not my type of music to begin with Um, but then on top of it, the fact that the sound was so off, it was just uh, total warble (laughs) if you haven't listened to it, you really need to just to hear how badly a song can truly sound um, so that was a mess, but, uh, so I don't enjoy, I don't think everything's fantastic on Jack's shows, uh, that certainly wasn't, but, uh, but it was enjoyable just for the comedy, sheer comedy of it, because it was so bad, um, anyway, I hope you're gonna enjoy tonight's episode, we have a couple more, uh, episodes before we run out for this season, uh, in the 1952-53 season, and we have, Quite a few left in the 1947-1948 season. Um, and we will see you next time for more Great Jack Benny.
1: The Jack Benny Program, transcribed and presented by Lucky Strike. Friends, in a cigarette, nothing, no nothing, beats better taste. And remember,
2: Lucky tastes better, cleaner, fresher, smoother. Lucky's tastes better. Cleaner, fresher, smoother. For Lucky's strike means fine tobacco, richer tasting fine tobacco. Lucky's tastes better. Cleaner,
1: fresher, smoother. Lucky's strike. Lucky strike. This is Don Wilson. As you know, friends, your enjoyment of a cigarette depends on its taste. That's right, nothing, no nothing beats better taste. And Lucky's taste better. Cleaner, fresher, smoother. You see, Lucky's Better Taste really begins with the fine, light, naturally mild tobacco that goes into Lucky Strike. Yes, L.S., MFT, Lucky Strike means fine tobacco. Then, too, Lucky's taste better because they're made better. Made round and firm and fully packed to draw freely and smoke evenly. To make sure that you get Lucky's Better Taste in all its natural freshness, every pack is extra tightly sealed. Yes, Lucky's are fresher. Just smoke them and see. See what enjoyment you get from a cigarette that is made better to taste better and still has all its better taste when you smoke it because it comes to you fresh. So friends, for all the deep-down smoking enjoyment you want from your cigarette, be happy. Go lucky. Get the better taste of Lucky Strike and get it fresh.
3: Lucky tastes better. Cleaner, fresher,
2: smoother. Lucky Strike! Lucky Strike! <laughs>
1: The Lucky Strike program starring Jack Benny with Mary Livingston, Rochester, Dennis Day, Bob Crosby, and yours truly, Don Wilson. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, the Lucky Strike radio show is usually rehearsed on Saturday mornings. And after the rehearsal, it's customary for the cast to gather in the drugstore across the street for a light lunch. As our show opens, Dennis and I are just entering the
4: drugstore. Oh, we're well, the first ones here, Don. Yes, Dennis. Jack and Bob Crosby had to stay to discuss the music. I'm glad it's not too crowded here. We can get seats right away.
1: Yeah. Where'd you like to sit, Dennis? Table or at the counter?
4: Oh, the table. It's too dangerous sitting at the counter when you're reading with Mr. Benny. What do you mean, dangerous? When the check comes and he runs for the door, he always knocks me off the stool.
5: <laughs>
4: Let's sit over here at this table. Okay. Should we order our lunch now or wait for the others? Oh, I may as well wait. Okay. Hope they come soon. I'm so hungry I could eat a horse. That's what I had for breakfast. <laughs> Bob Crosby Oh, Bob, Bob,
6: here we are Oh, hi, fellas Jack will be along in a minute I thought he was coming with you Oh, he was, but he had to go back to his dressing room He forgot his hat
1: Oh, for heaven's sakes It's spring What does he need his hat for?
7: His hair was in it
5: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, here he comes now Jack,
7: Jack, we're over here Oh, hi, kids I didn't expect you to be at the
4: table here I thought you'd be sitting at the counter I'm still black and blue from the last time
7: (laughs)
5: Hmm
4: Sit down, Jack I'll call
7: the waitress No, let me call her, Don I I think she has a crush on me Oh, miss? Miss?
8: What do you want, Mac?
7: (laughs) (laughs) We'd like to order How about some menus?
8: We haven't got any
7: Well, how do we know what to order?
8: It's tattooed on my arm
5: (laughs) (laughs)
7: When you rolled up your sleeve, I thought you were going to hit me (laughs) I'll tell you what, I'll have a
4: roast beef sandwich and coffee I'll have the same I'll have a roast beef sandwich, too
8: What do you want to drink?
4: An oyster malted milk (laughs) An oyster
7: malted milk? Uh Uh-huh Dennis, that is absolutely ridiculous, ordering an oyster malted milk
5: You're
4: right, this month hasn't got an R in it (laughs) (laughs)
5: Look,
8: man
7: Miss, get him anything Anything at all
8: Okay, I'll bring him What he had yesterday
7: What'd he have yesterday?
8: Chicken soup
7: Well, that sounds sensible
8: With a live chicken in it? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Look, bring him anything
8: Will that be all?
1: Oh, wait a minute You haven't taken my order, Miss
8: Oh What'll you have, Titanic? Titanic <laughs>
1: I'm really not very hungry Uh, Just bring me What I usually have
8: I can't Why not? The fellow who helped me Carry it in is off today (laughs) (laughs) Well then
1: just bring me A ham sandwich and a Coke
8: Okay
6: Say Jack I meant to ask you something Uh, When do we go off the air For the summer? Oh Bob We do our last radio show Next Sunday Oh gee I hope
7: I don't forget Forget what? To wake Remley up And tell him to go home (laughs) Yeah, don't forget, I don't want to pay the janitor for dusting them all summer <laughs> By the way, Bob, what are the boys in the band going to do during their vacation? Well, Charlie Bagby's going back
6: east to his brother's farm And Fletcher is taking an auto trip around the country And my drummer Sammy is going to Leavenworth for three months Le- Leavenworth Prison? Mm-hmm, you see, he's Willie Sutton's summer replacement <laughs>
7: Well, I'll be darned. Say, Jack, why wasn't Mary at rehearsal today? I don't know. She didn't call or anything. Toward the end of the season, everybody does what they want to.
4: Gee, I hope the waitress hurries with the order. I want to go to the hospital and see my mother and father. Your mother and father in the hospital, Dennis? Yeah, they have to have an operation. Dennis, they both need an operation at the same time? Uh Uh-huh. The doctors have to get her fist out of his mouth. (laughs) What? Yeah, and it's all your fault. My fault? Last week I decided to quit your show and I was talking it over with my mother. Well, how does your father fit into this? He took your side. <laughs> oh, and that was when your mother... Yeah, for years she's been telling Papa, one of these days, one of these days, and this time, pow, right in the kisser.
7: Dennis, <laughs> I don't believe one word of it.
8: Here's your grub. <laughs> Your three roast beef sandwiches and here's your chicken soup <laughs>
4: oh boy just the way I like it I'm glad
5: I'm glad
6: where are you going Bob oh there's a jukebox over here Jack I thought we might have some music while we eat oh let's see what'll that play hmm well that song's his. that one is his too the next one yeah, and the one after that and the, and the one after that also Well, it looks like I'll just have to give my brother a nickel. (laughs) Hey, look, they got one of Dennis Day's records, Blue Gardenia. Hey, Denny. What? They've got one of your records on this jukebox.
4: Well, don't just stand there. Play it. Okay, I will. (laughs)
3: Once I was near her heart. After the teardrop star, where are teardrops to high
7: I gotta buy one of those records your voice really sounds great on it i mean don't get me wrong kid your singing is always wonderful but it sounded even better
4: on that record well that's because that day i made it i had an oyster malted milk oh
2: quiet
6: <laughs> well everybody's finished uh, i'll get the check oh no no bob i'll take the check oh don let me take it this time bob i, I really think i ought to pay the check today no don i feel that i should well i feel i should Why
4: are you so quiet, Dennis? You cheap or something? (laughs) Huh? Gee, I was just gonna ask you the same thing. Well, you fella
7: you fellas settled the check. I'm going home. Me too. Gee, it's a nice day I think I'll walk home Mm, There goes Jimmy Stewart In his Cadillac Hey, there goes Mickey Rooney In his MG And there's Humphrey Bogart In his Jaguar You
5: ought to keep
7: that thing On a leash
5: (laughs) When
7: you say I beg your pardon then <laughs> I'll come back to you When you ask me to Hey, look at that theater marquee The new picture that just opened up Fort Ties starring George Montgomery I wonder how many people know that George Montgomery's married to Dinah Shore I found out when he slapped my face <laughs> <laughs> Hey, wait a minute. This four-tie is one of those new three-dimensional pictures. Gee, I haven't seen a 3-D movie yet. The show isn't too long. Maybe I got time. Well, there's the doorman standing in the theater lobby. He ought to know how long the picture is. I'll ask him. Excuse me, sir. How long is this show? I don't know. (laughs) Well, are they showing a double feature today? I don't know Well, tell me, in order to see this three-dimensional picture Do I have to wear Polaroid glasses? I don't know You don't know anything, you're a
4: fine doorman Who's the doorman? I'm in the picture
7: Well, I'll see it later in the week See, that 3D fascinates me I think I'll... hello,
9: Mr. Binney. Why, Mr. Kitzel!
7: (laughs) Mr. Kitzel, I haven't seen you for a long time.
9: Likewise.
7: Let me look at you. Gosh, you look wonderful. Where'd you get that deep tan?
9: Well, this is from my new job. I'm a lifeguard by Santa Monica Beach. A lifeguard? <laughs> yeah. Hey, that must be interesting work. Yeah, especially watching the beautiful girls in their bathing suits.
7: Say, I understand the girls' bathing suits are skimpier than ever this year.
9: Definitely. In fact, yesterday I saw a bikini bathing suit and
5: one girl who
2: whoa, hoo hoo.
7: Well, those girls in the bikini bathing suits must have everybody staring at them. You
9: say that all the men on the beach look like Eddie Cantor?
7: (laughs) I see what you mean. Tell me, Mr. Kitzel, have you saved many people from drowning?
2: Dozens.
9: In fact, this is how I first met my wife.
7: Oh, you rescued her?
9: Mm, Unfortunately. (laughs) Mr.
7: Kitzel, you're joking.
9: (laughs) Joking, he says. I finally figured out that she really wasn't drowning. This was just a trick so she could meet me and I could marry her.
7: What makes you think she did a
9: thing like that? Who else goes swimming in a bridal gown? (laughs) No Yes, she kept yelling Help, lifeguard,
7: justice
9: of the peace
5: (laughs) Well, look, Mr.
7: Kitzel, I'm on my way home Would you like to walk along with me?
9: Well, I'm sorry, Mr. Benny But I'm on my lunch hour And I got to dash back to the beach
7: Oh, well, goodbye, Mr. Kitzel Goodbye Goodbye Oh, it's me, Rochester. Were there any calls when I was gone?
2: Yeah, the phone was ringing all day. There were calls from Dorothy, Harriet, Hilda, Peggy, Ellen, Bonnie, Judy, Jeanette, Charlotte, Betty, and Mervyn. Mervyn? That one was for you.
5: <laughs> oh, yes, it
7: must have been my friend, Mervyn Leroy. You know, he just wrote a book called It Takes More Than Talent. And you know Rochester, he's also a movie director He's the one who directed Quo Vadis
2: Quo Vadis?
7: Yeah, you know, I asked him for the lead in that picture But he turned me down Why? Well, he told me that in Latin Quo Vadis means whither goest thou And when I asked him for the part He told me whither to goest (laughs) But he's still, my friend By the way, Rochester, did the mail come?
2: Yeah, but there wasn't much Just a magazine
7: Let's see Oh, it's the new copy of Look. Hmm. Hmm, This article ought to be interesting. How President Eisenhower can play golf in the 80s by Ben Hogan. You know, Rochester, that Hogan is a great pro. I played with him once, and he showed me how to take nine strokes off my game.
5: How?
7: He told me to cut out one hole. (laughs) A par three yet. (laughs) Well, I think I'll go in the den and read it.
2: Mr. Benny, aren't you going to listen to the Indianapolis Auto Race? It's on the radio now.
7: Oh, gee, I'm glad you reminded me. I'll read this later. Gee, I hope I can still hear the race. It's usually so exciting. I wonder what station it's on.
5: Well,
2: congratulations, Mrs. Smith. You win the jackpot, and for your prizes, you get three dresses complete with shoes and matching handbag, a corsage of orchids, a complete set of silverware, a set of cooking utensils, a bridge table and chairs. That
7: wasn't the station. And now, ladies and gentlemen, for our special guests tonight, we have the Sportsman Quartet. As you all know, this famous
2: quartet appears every week on the Jack Benny Show. That's why they're taking outside work.
5: (laughs) I
7: pay him good money.
2: As their selection tonight, they will sing Side by Side.
7: Gee, I got to listen to this.
2: Oh uh-huh. doesn't matter at all When they've all had their quarrels and parted We'll be the same as we started just traveling along Singing a song side by side As you know, we've been working for Benny That's why we have a love. Benny Benny Clark But he's too far, we're happy enough Lucky's a match, or on a match. Side by side. Lucky strikes taste better. Cleaner and fresher too. Lucky strikes are so much smoother. You find a smoke, it is true. Don't delay, now's the time to be starting. Light up a pack a up
7: Good, but that's not the station the races are on. I'll try this one here.
2: A double oven gas range, your home painted inside and out, a 21-inch television set, electric blankets for every bed in your house, a two-week vacation in Hawaii. Oh, that's
7: not it. Now, let's see, where's that race? I'll try this station here. Him either. Maybe I passed it back here somewhere.
10: And that concludes today's exciting episode. Will Frank marry Elizabeth? Is Elizabeth still in love with Harry? Will Harry divorce Evelyn? <laughs> Will Evelyn remarry her first husband, Stephen? <laughs> Does Stephen know his wife is in love with Frank, who may marry Elizabeth? <laughs> Tune in tomorrow to hear another chapter of The Crazy Mixed Up Bunch of Kids. <laughs>
7: Why can't I get the right station here?
8: Senor, senores, señorita. Oh, for heaven's sake This is station X, Y, your races. musical Mexican station <laughs> Today it is our pleasure to present some music from our sister country, the United States And here is the most popular song in America today Sing it, Pedro Peppermint, fam, she's live through Fire, peppermint, fam Oh, for heaven's
7: sake I get the racer. Rochester, answer the phone, will you please while I try to get the
2: racers. Yes, sir. Hello, Mr. Benny's residence, star of stage, radio, and television.
11: Rochester, he forgot about movies.
2: They forgot about him. <laughs> what? They told him whither to go. is. <laughs> well,
11: that I don't understand at all.
2: I'll get Mr. Benny for you, Miss
11: Livingston. Thank you.
2: Oh, Mr. Benny!
11: It's for thou. Oh,
7: stop. Hello?
11: Hello, Jack. This is Mary.
7: Well, it's nice of you to call. You know, you missed rehearsal.
11: Yes, Jack, but I wasn't feeling well, so I went to the doctor.
7: Gee, I didn't know that. Is there anything wrong?
11: Well, the doctor isn't too sure, but he says I may have to have my appendix out. Gosh. And, Jack, the reason I'm calling is because an appendix operation is kind of expensive, and I thought you could help me.
7: Mary... Mary, you mean you want me to... Why
11: not? You took your own out.
7: (laughs) That was an emergency. (laughs) You know, Mary, I have a hunch you made this whole thing up just because you missed
11: rehearsal. (laughs) Well, you're right, Jack. The reason I missed is because my family's here from Plainfield and I was showing them the town. Oh. And I thought you would help me out. You know, they want to take a tour through a movie studio and... You might have a pull with one of them.
7: Well, let's see. There's 20th Century Fox, MGM, Paramount, Warner Brothers.
11: Keep thinking, Jack. There must be one you didn't make a picture for. Look, <laughs> <laughs> well, Mary, I'm trying to
7: help you. I'll see if I can do something about getting your folks into a studio. Is your sister, Babe, going to be with them, too?
11: Oh, Babe isn't here. She stayed in Plainfield. How come? Well, Mom and Pop only had enough money for two bus tickets, so Babe decided to hitchhike. Oh, did she get any rides? No, she went on the highway and she tried everything. She even pulled up her skirt and showed her legs. What happened? Two men tried to run her over. <laughs> no. Anyway, Jack, I'm sorry. I missed It won't happen again.
7: Okay, I'll try to fix it for your folks to go through a studio.
11: Thanks, bye.
7: Goodbye. Now, where did Rochester... Oh, I'll try to get the races again.
5: Remember
2: anyone can uh, <laughs> bad it me...
7: Oh, no, you don't.
2: A 12-carat diamond ring, <laughs> an ankle-length chinchilla coat, a pearl necklace, a brand-new convertible, a swimming
10: pool installed in your yacht.
2: Why
4: can't I get the races?
10: And here come the cars down the stretch for the 14th lap. That's it. That's it. I got it.
5: The three leaders are now coming past the grandstand.
7: (laughs) Gee, they're going fast.
5: Now, let
10: me give you the speeds the leaders are averaging. The Agajanian, 127.39 miles per hour. The Ferrari Deluxe, 127.38. And the Hudson Special, 127.40. This is excellent time for the Hudson when you consider its driver stepped down too far and is dragging his feet. (laughs) Well,
7: how do you like that?
10: And here come the
5: next four cars.
4: (laughs) 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 Wow, what a
2: race.
7: at once. <laughs> figure out. Ladies and gentlemen, the chief hope of our enemies is to divide the United States along racial and religious lines and thereby conquer us. Let's not spread prejudice. A divided America is a weak America. Through our behavior, we encourage the respect of our children and make them better neighbors to all races and religions. Remind them that being good neighbors has helped make our country great and kept her free. Thank you.
1: Jack will be back in just a moment. But first, a word to cigarette smokers. Nothing, no nothing beats better taste. And remember...
11: Lucky's tastes better. Cleaner, fresher, smoother. Lucky's tastes better. Cleaner,
2: fresher, smoother. For
11: Lucky strike means fine tobacco, richer tasting fine
2: tobacco. Lucky's tastes better. Cleaner, fresher,
1: smoother. Lucky's strike. Lucky strike. Yes, better taste is what you want from your cigarette. For as you know, nothing, no nothing beats better taste. And Luckies taste better, cleaner, fresher, smoother. Here's why. Luckies are made better to taste better. They're made round and firm and fully packed to draw freely and smoke evenly. And Luckies are also made of long strands of fine, light, naturally mild tobacco with a wonderful aroma and an even better taste. Yes, the whole world knows LSMFT Lucky Strike means fine tobacco. No doubt about it, it's better taste that brings you real deep-down smoking enjoyment. And Lucky's have that better taste because they give you fine tobacco in a cigarette that's made better. So, be happy, go lucky. Make your next carton better-tasting Lucky Strike. Be
2: happy, go lucky, get better taste today. Enjoy the picture, boys. All was
7: fine, Rochester It was pretty long, though
2: I'll have your dinner ready soon
7: Okay, I'll turn on the radio And listen to the news
2: <laughs> The Yankee Stadium The Super Chief The Empire State Building Philadelphia And a Hoover vacuum cleaner Complete with
5: Herbert Hoover <laughs> <laughs>
7: What taxes that woman Will have to pay? <laughs>
1: Jack Benny program is written by Sam Perrin, Milt Josephsberg, George Balzer, John Tackerberry, and produced and transcribed by Hilliard Marks. Be sure to hear The American Way with Horace Height for Lucky Strike every Thursday over this same station. Consult your newspaper for the time. The Jack Benny program is brought to you by Lucky Strike, product of the American Tobacco Company, America's leading manufacturer of cigarettes.
7: This is the CBS Radio Network.
12: leader in radio, first in recorded music, and first in television, presents Transcribe, the Bill Harris, Alice Faye Show. For your enjoyment, here is the Bill Harris, Alice Faye Show, written by Ray Singer and Dick Chevrolet, with Elliot Lewis, Walter Tetley, Robert North, Janine Roos, and Whitfield, Walter Sharp his music, and yours truly, Bill Foreman. Through the years, new inventions have speeded the wheels of progress. But today, Phil Harris slows them down to a grinding halt. More about that later. First, a word from RCA Victor.
13: Alice will tell you, I'm pretty handy around the house. Now, like if a light bulb goes, they call for old Phil, and I screw in a new bulb. But if a radio or TV set goes on the blink, don't nobody call for Phil, because you need an expert like my friend here. Warren Charles.
14: Well, it just doesn't pay to tinker around with an expensive instrument like your radio or TV set, Phil. It costs less in the long run to call for a qualified local serviceman. He has the technical knowledge and the required test equipment to help him do the job right. And here's another hint. Look for the serviceman in your neighborhood who features RCA tubes in his service work. They're The finest tubes money can buy, and yet they cost you no more.
13: There you are, folks. The word of an expert. When your radio or TV set breaks down, have your local serviceman fix it with dependable RCA tubes for best results.
12: And now the stars of the RCA Victor program Alice Faye and Phil Harris. <laughs> Last week, Phil called Mr. Scott of RCA Victor and told him he was coming down to see him about the renewal of his radio contract for next year. As we look in, Phil and Elliot are in Mr. Scott's outer office waiting to see him.
15: Hey, Curly, I think Mr. Scott is treating you shabbily. He's got a lot of nerve making you wait in a reception room like this. After all, you're a big man. You're the star of his radio show, and he shouldn't keep you waiting so
13: long. It hasn't been so long. We've only been here three days. (laughs) And three nights I'm getting tired of camping
15: out here It's not only embarrassing, it's uncomfortable, too Oh, it isn't that
13: bad, you just may... Hey, what time is it? Uh, 10 a.m. Ooh, it's getting late We better get out of these sleeping bags and shave (laughs) We gotta look neat, you know, he might see us today I know he's in the office, and I guarantee he's gonna see us sometime What makes you so sure? Well, I'll prove it to you by his secretary, um... Miss Livingston, is there any other entrance to Mr. Scott's office besides this one?
11: No, there isn't.
13: You see, we got him trapped. (laughs) He has to come out sometime.
11: Yes, Mr. Scott?
14: Miss Livingston, are they still out there? (laughs) Yes, sir. Oh, no. I can't stand much more of this. I haven't seen my wife and children for three days. I haven't touched food since Tuesday. I've been living on old blotters and art gum erasers. I even missed dragnet last night. I wonder if Sergeant Friday got his man. Now, Miss Livingston, does Harris look like he's weakening?
11: No, sir, he woke up fresh as a daisy this morning.
14: What's he doing now?
11: He's scrambling eggs over a can of sterno.
14: Do you think you can steal an egg for me? Well, oh, never mind. I can't stand it any longer. I'll see him. Send him in.
11: Yes, sir. Mr. Scott, we'll see you now, Mr. Harris. Tell him we don't want to see him.
15: That big crook trying to steal an egg from us?
5: <laughs>
13: we'll see him. We'll see him. It's what we're waiting for. I can't wait to ask him if he's going to pick up my option for next year. You know something, Elliot? Maybe hmm? if I ask him real nice... Early. That... You're not going to go in and beg for your job, are you? Of course not. Hmm. I'll be independent. I'm going to open that door to his office and walk right up to him on my knees like this, and I'm going to take Yeah, and then you'll look him right square in the belt buckle and tell him off.
15: (laughs) Curly, don't go crawling in. Don't let him think you're
13: anxious for the job. Keep him guessing. Keep him guessing, huh? Yeah. Okay, let's go in. Uh... Good morning, Mr. Scott. Good morning, Harris. Mr. Scott, what has six legs and flies? (laughs) What's that for? You told me to keep him guessing.
15: (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 Curly. I mean, be noncommittal. When he talks to you, don't say yes right away. Show him you're not too interested. Just say, maybe.
14: Okay. Uh, Will you two stop muttering and get down to business? Now, what's on your mind, Harris? Maybe. (laughs) Well, that's a nice stupid start. (laughs) Shall we go on from here?
13: What did you want to see me about? Oh, uh, Mr. Scott, it's about my contract. I hear that you want to renew my radio show for next year. Where did you hear that? A little birdie told me?
14: Next time you see that birdie, kick him in the pin
13: feathers.
5: <laughs>
14: He's lying to you.
5: <laughs> oh,
13: you're just kidding me, Mr. Scott. You not know something? You're a smart businessman, and you won't let me go. Only a dope would miss the chance to sign Phil Harris for next year. And one thing about you, sir, you're not a dope. No. <laughs> Who told you that? He does it good, don't he? Look, Mr. Scott, I'm not going to beat around the bush any longer I want just one answer You want me for next year? Not particularly Now look, Mr. Scott, I want this job, but I'm not going to beg I'll give you an ultimatum What kind of an ultimatum? You sign me up for next year or I'll kill myself <laughs> Now what's your answer?
14: Uh, can I have a little time to think it
13: over? It has possibilities that I'd love to explore. (laughs) Now, please, Mr. Scott, don't toy with me. Look, I'm a man with a family. Now, I gotta know if I'm gonna be working next year or not. Now, calm down, Harris, calm down. Your radio
14: show has been renewed for next year, and you can thank the RCA Victor Board of Directors. It was their suggestion.
13: Well, bless their long-playing
5: bankrolls. (laughs)
14: Now, uh, will you please sign the contract, Harris? I'm having the board of directors over to my home for dinner tonight, and I want to show them that I carried out their ridiculous suggestion.
13: Yes, sir, I'll sign it, all right. Yes, sir. By the way, Mr. Scott, I don't like to mention this, but I've been with you for three years, and I'd like to talk to you about my salary. Uh, What about it? I'd like to get one this year. (laughs) Now, why do you need a salary,
14: Harris? You know whenever you need money, you come to us and we give it to you. Like the time your wife needed $3 for a new iron, we gave you the money. (laughs) And when you told us your children had holes in their shoes and needed a new pair, you didn't have any trouble with us. As soon as our investigators saw the holes,
13: we gave you the money.
5: <laughs>
13: oh, you're very kind to my family, sir, but it's very degrading to me personally. Every time I buy a new suit, I have to take the board of directors along to okay the price. It's very embarrassing to get a fitting at Jim Clintons with all them guys feeling the material. <laughs>
5: Well, uh,
14: Harris, perhaps we'd give you a salary If you showed more interest in the company Like our other employees They're always making suggestions For the improvement of our products That's why our products are tops
13: Oh, we know that,
15: don't we, Elliot? Oh, yeah, RCA Victor makes the best tops in the country
5: (laughs) They
13: spin good
5: All right
13: (laughs) Mr. Scott, maybe I have been a little negligent But I assure you that from now on I'm going to do nothing but think of ways to help RCA Victor. Come on, Elliot. We got a lot of work to do. So long, Mr. Scott. So long, Mr. Scott. Where are we going, Curly? We're going home and figure out some way to keep our sponsor, and I think I know just the way to do it. Yeah? I'm going to record a hit tune for him, and I've got just the tune. Come on, Elliot. I'll sing it for you on the way home. Oh, good. <laughs> Look at them shuffling shuffling down, a ramble and scramble in the head for town, hustling, bustling, buzzing around, happily awaiting at the station. Oh, look at the train number 709, puffing and a puffing and arriving on time. Who do you think's about to arrive? The band they call the Dixieland Five, they're going to play that muskrat ramble tune the way you never ever heard it played so get ready for the big p-ray all together now one and two come on and join a happy throng. feel the beat of that rambling scrambling muskrat song come on and ramble along Shuffling down A Look at the band parading all over town A Look at the happiness going around Everybody's up and celebrating Oh, look at that drummer Entertaining the gang Clinging and clanging with the bing and the bang Changing the town from dead to alive The band they call the Dixieland Five They're gonna play that grand ramble soon. You better get your reservations planned in person for the one night stand. All together now, one and two. Come on to join a happy throng. Beam the beat of that scuffle and ruffle and muskrat song. Come on to ramble along. All together now, one, hand, two, come on and join the happy throng Feel the beat of that ramble and scramble and muskrat too. come on and ramble along. Hey, Elliot. Yeah? We're home, man. Gee whiz, it's good to be home again after three days Poor Alice, I bet she's been lonesome without me Come on, let's get in the house Hey Alice, the love of your life is here, darling
16: Leave two quarts and a pint of cream,
13: dear (laughs) Oh, I gotta buy her a cow (laughs) What kind of talk is that, Alice? It's me, it's your husband Oh, I knew it was you, Phil I'm only kidding
16: How did you make out with Mr. Scott? What kind of a contract did you sign?
13: Just one of the best. I got everything just the way I wanted it. Did you get a raise? Oh, yeah. Next year, he's allowed to buy a suit with two pair of pants. (laughs) With options for a vest. All right.
16: right. (laughs) Well, aren't they ever going to give you a salary? Now, honey,
13: don't worry. Mr. Scott said they might consider it if I showed a little more interest in the company and came up with some ideas for them. I'd give anything in the world if I could think of something, just something. Hey, honey, why don't you speak to my brother, William? He always has such good ideas. You mean Wee Willie Faye, the inventor of the fiberglass tuning fork?
5: <laughs> he
13: couldn't think of a way to get hey, out
5: Alice, of... Alice,
17: oh, I couldn't wait to get over here to tell you the good news. Guess what happened to me?
13: Your oatmeal cookies won first prize in the bake-off.
5: <laughs> Don't
17: be a Weisenheimer. I've invented something. You invented something, Willie? In this box is one of the greatest inventions of all times. I've invented a portable ice-making
13: machine. Ooh, isn't that peachy? (laughs) Why don't you stop, Willie? They've already got an ice-making machine. It's called a Dairy Queen. It makes them cones with the curl on top. They're delicious, and they keep... uh, No, uh,
17: no, no, Philip. My machine makes ice cubes.
13: I don't care what your... Ice cubes? <laughs> Doc, you just struck a nerve.
5: <laughs> Elliot, this
13: boy's starting to make sense. Why, yeah. This is the kind of an item that our hot little
15: breaths have melted quite a few
16: Oh <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Willie, did you say that this machine is portable?
17: Hey, that's right, sis. And you don't need electricity or gas to run it. This machine contains a secret chemical compound. When you push this lever, a chemical reaction takes place, which causes ice cubes to be formed.
15: Amazing.
17: (laughs) Astounding.
16: How many cubes will this little machine make, Willie?
17: Uh, Well, there's enough chemical compound in here now to make over 100,000 cubes. Just think, Philip, 100,000 ice cubes. You know what that means?
13: Sure. Sure. Let's see At ten cubes to a nice pack You got a cure for over ten thousand
5: hangovers
13: (laughs) Oh,
17: I should have known better than to talk to you Come, Alice, let's go into the other room And I'll explain it to you Um, I'm going to take this machine to RCA And let them put it on the market as a home appliance
13: You know he's got something there, Curly? Certainly I know, I know Here I am looking for an idea for RCA And that little twerp comes in with it I wish I had the brains to think of something like this Curly you underestimate yourself.
15: You have more brains than Willie. You can invent a machine just like that one and bring it to RCA before he does. Ha, steal
13: his.
5: <laughs> I'm not
13: gonna steal anything from him. All I want to do is to get rid of him so I can borrow his machine. To rid of him, huh? If I could only get him drafted. I like that. I know a way I can make him think he's drafted. Hand me that phone. Yeah.
11: Operator.
13: Oh, uh, operator, there seems to be something wrong with my phone. Would you ring me back, please?
11: Very well, sir. Hang up, please.
13: What are you doing that for, Curling? Don't you get it? When the operator calls back, the extension phone in the living room will ring, yes. and when Willie answers it, I'll tell him it's his draft board call. <laughs> Good.
15: Hey, make it sound urgent, Curly. Tell him he's got to come down right away so he'll leave his invention here.
13: Just leave it to me. Right. Hello?
17: Hello?
15: Hello.
13: Hello. Uh, is Mr. William Fay there?
17: Speaking. Who is this?
13: This is your draft board. Where have you been, you naughty boy?
17: (laughs) What do you mean, where have I been? I didn't receive any notice to report to my draft board.
13: You didn't? Goodness, you must feel neglected. (laughs) But don't Don't you fret, if you'll come down here right now, we'll make it up for you.
17: Well, if it's my time, I'll be glad to go.
13: Stout fellow. (laughs) Knock it down here right away. Yes, sir. It worked, Hucker, like a charm Shall we go on and see Willie off? Let's Come on Willie, hey Willie, where are you? I want to talk to you about this,
17: uh... I don't have time now, Philip I have to leave Where are you going? I just received a call from my draft board And I have to get down there right away
13: No! You mean you've been called to the colors?
15: I can't believe it How can you act so surprised when you were the one who... Shut did... up! <laughs> I'm so proud of you, Willie.
16: Too bad we didn't know about this sooner or we would have thrown a party to see you all. Well, it's too
13: late for that now, honey, so let's just sing him off. Go ahead, Alice. You start. All
5: right.
16: I hear singing and there's no one there. I smell blossoms and the trees are bare all day long i seem to walk on air i wonder why i wonder why i keep tossing in my sleep at night and what's more i lost my appetite stars that used to twinkle in the skies are twinkling in my eyes i
3: wonder why
15: you don't need analyzing, it is not so surprising That you feel very
12: strange
5: but nice
12: Your heart goes bitter-patter We know just what's the matter Because we've been there once or twice
13: Put your head on our shoulder You need someone who's older A rub down with a velvet glove there is nothing you can
2: take to relieve that pleasant ache. You're not sick, you're just in love.
5: I don't hear singing, and, and there's no one there. So I do feel blossoms, and but the nice. trees
16: are bare All day long I matter. seem to walk on just air. I matter. wonder why. Because we've been there once or twice. <laughs> I keep tossing in my sleep at night. Older, and what's more, I lost my appetite. There is stars
5: nothing
16: used you take the a- not a to twinkle in the sky. There's twinkling in
3: my eyes. We're just, we're just in love.
13: You know, Alice, while you were singing, I've been thinking You know something, it's a shame Willie comes up with this wonderful ice machine He was going to take to RCA Victor And now it's just going to sit there and rot Yes, yes, it does seem it Say, I've got an idea, Phil Why don't you take it over to RCA for him? Alice, that's a splendid suggestion (laughs) You know something that never occurred to me I'm going to do it right now Mr. Scott's having the board of directors over to his house for dinner And then they can all see it Oh,
16: good And by the way, Willie left the blueprints of the machine with me. I'll go upstairs and get them.
13: Yeah, you do that, honey. (laughs) She goes along good with a gag. Oh, it's a lot easier than I thought. (laughs) Hey, Curly, let's
15: get the machine over to Mr. Scott's house. Wait till he sees these little ice cubes
13: come pouring out. Wait a minute, wait a minute. How do we know that the ice cubes come pouring out, pouring out? We never saw this thing work. We better test it before we take it over. I don't want to make a fool of myself when I get there. Okay, let's test it. Hey, Curly, what's
15: this little pail for?
13: That there? Yeah. Well, that must be to catch the ice cubes. That's cute. <laughs> Let's see now. Willie said to turn it on, you push a lever down. Uh-oh, here's the lever. I'll push it down, shall I?
15: Yeah, go ahead, push. Hey, listen. <laughs> Here it started. Yeah. I don't see no ice cubes coming out
5: <laughs>
13: Well, maybe it takes a little
15: time yeah, you, you know what? No, I see what's wrong, Curly It's vibrating and the lid on top is loose it keeps jumping up and down
13: Yeah, that must be it This thing is probably supposed to be airtight, huh? Must be I got an idea I'll just sit on the lid and hold it down You get up there There
5: Hey,
13: that did it There goes my first ice cube <laughs>
15: Another one Yeah boy Curly Ain't it coming out Faster now
18: Yeah Anybody home? I bring the girl Oh, no Now he's laying Cold storage, yeah There's no limit To this guy's talent
13: All right, turn it off, fellas
15: Yeah, all right, all right Look, Julius These ain't eggs They're ice cubes
18: He's laying ice cubes <laughs> oh, Well, every man Through his own trade Julius, will
13: you please Don't, don't-
18: you do best, keep at it. After all, this is a very limited field. Mr. Harris, did you go to college to learn this, or does it come naturally?
13: Will you just be quiet, please?
18: I know I'm a jerk for asking this, but what's that thing you're sitting on? What's in it?
13: Ice cubes.
18: You're sitting on ice cubes? (laughs) This guy gets headaches in the darndest (laughs) places.
13: Julius, this happens to be a new invention. It's a nice-making machine. Oh, Phil. honey, here are the blueprints. Oh, good. Now these will show Mr. Scott and the Board of Directors just how the machine works. Thanks, honey. Come on, Elliot. Let's get this machine over to Mr. Scott's house, yeah, okay. man. Oh, hey, Julius, have you got your delivery truck with you?
18: Yeah, why?
13: Well, we can use it to cart the machine over to Mr. Scott's house. Come on. Help us carry it out to your truck. <laughs>
14: Harris, what's the idea of bursting into my house like this? I
13: signed your contract. Why don't you go away and leave me alone already? Mr. Scott, you're going to thank me for bursting in on you. I came here with an invention that... You invented something? What is it? A non-skid bar rail? No. Make a note of that, Ellie. Mr. Scott, this is a nice cube making machine. And wait till your board of directors sees this work. Now, please, Harris, my board of directors are inside having dinner, and I don't want to disturb them. Oh, no, no, we won't disturb them. They can keep on eating while I demonstrate. Julius, carry the machine over and put it on the table in front of the dining room. Right. Harris, Harris, look, you're going to thank me for this, Mr. Scott. Elliot, yeah, open the dining room doors. We're ready. Gentlemen, um, your attention, please. Now, gentlemen, I hear here a machine that makes 100,000 ice cubes. But, look, rather than talk about it, I'll let you see it work. Julius, when we turn the machine on, you keep counting and show Mr. Scott, huh? Right. All right, Elliot, start the machine. Okay, Curly.
18: One, two, three,
13: four. How about that, Mr. Scott? Five, Watch it work. 6 well, I'll be done. Seven, ice cubes eight. are coming out.
14: Why, Harris, this is a great invention. Elliot, you can turn it off now. RCA will certainly be interested in seeing... Elliot, I said you could turn it off now.
15: I got a message for you, Scotty. What? When I forced the lever down to turn it on, it snapped, and I can't turn it off. But you've got to turn it off. Ice cubes are
14: starting to pour into the dining room. Harris, do something. I'm trying, I'm trying. I'm trying.
15: Harris, Harris, haven't you found some way to shut that
14: machine off yet? Oh, this is terrible. Ice all over the place. My poor board of directors, look
13: at them
15: I think they look nice
13: in case the ice. <laughs> <laughs> They're all frozen stiff like statues Look at that one with his coffee cup halfway up to his mouth
5: <laughs> I like the
13: one who's about to light a cigar Will you idiots do something? My house is being ruined, it can't take much more My dining room, living room, kitchen and den are filled with ice Well don't get excited, you still got two bedrooms and a half a bathroom to go Keep out, Julius. We may set a record tonight.
12: (laughs) Alice and Phil will be back in just a moment. Whether you're an old salt who likes to set sail or a landlubber who likes to be on the go, the perfect radio for you is the Yachtsman, the newest of RCA Victor's famous portable radios. It's great going with the Yachtsman, the smallest three-way portable ever made by RCA Victor. Carry it wherever you go, from town to country or from room to room, but don't let its small size fool you. The tone you get from the Yachtsman is big and full. That's because the Yachtsman has RCA Victor's exclusive Golden Throat Tone System, the perfected balance of amplifier, speaker, and cabinet. The Yachtsman operates on batteries and also on AC or DC current. So it's ideal as a second radio around the house, too. Plug it in and listen while you work or play. Let the kids enjoy it in their own room. Keep it on your bedside table. It's handsome enough to fit in anywhere. The Yachtsman comes in a choice of four color combinations. Its durable plastic case can take lots of travel wear and still look bright as new. Drop into your RCA Victor dealers and see The Yachtsman, the newest portable radio by RCA Victor, world leader in radio.
13: Folks, this is Phil again. The summer months are here and you'll all be out on the road, driving to the beach or to the mountains... Drive carefully, no matter where you go, and you'll be sure to make the return trip. One careless moment can mean years of regret. It can result in your death or the death of your loved ones. Don't speed or try to beat out the other fella. Take a tip from the guys who spend most of their time on the highway, the professional truck drivers. They know that little courtesy on the road can pay big dividends in lives saved. Don't be in a hurry to get where you're going. It may take you a little longer to get there, but you'll get there. Thanks, and good night.
12: Good night, everybody. Included in this program transcribed were Janet Waldo and Gail Gordon. The part of Julius was played by Walter Tetley. No matter what size or make of portable radio you own, remember it's only as good as its batteries. So be sure your portable runs on batteries that have been specially designed for radio operation. RCA batteries. The best way to make sure is to do business with the expert who knows radios inside and out. Your local radio service dealer. When your radio needs new batteries, be sure to have your local dealer install the batteries that have been engineered for longer listening hours. RCA Radio Batteries.
14: You'll want to listen to three years... Of Korea on NBC, the National Broadcasting Company.
0: Well, hello again. This is Buck Benny speaking. Welcome to the final episode of the 1942-1943 season of The Jack Benny Show. Uh, Tonight's episode stars Deanna Durbin as Jack's guest star. And uh, Deanna was famous for both uh, music and for movies. Her, the movies she was in, she was often kind of cast as the older sister uh, role that she did very well. And she, um, for singing, she could sing everything. She did everything from opera to pop. And uh, I think you're, you're going to have some fun with, with her on tonight's episode Uh, She retired early. She had trouble transitioning from, like so many uh, actors do, from the teenage roles to the adult roles. She tried a couple films with the adult roles and wasn't accepted so well. Uh, Ended up retiring in 1949 and then um, moving to, uh, I believe, over in Paris. And uh, uh, got married and had kids and just... uh, Had a completely different, less public life. So, um, anyway, enjoy Deanna Durbin tonight. And tonight's episode, uh, just a warning, is pretty bad, um, static-wise, compared to our normal episodes. But you can still make out what everybody's saying and everything. I'm just glad we have it in any condition. Hopefully someday we'll find a really nice copy of it. But for now... This is the best copy I could find.
1: The Flakes program starring Jack Benny with Mary Livingston, Phil Harris, Dennis Day, Rochester, yours truly, Don Wilson, and our special guest this evening, Diana Durbin. Ladies, are there by any chance Icebox Raiders in your home? Or don't I have to ask, because aren't we all? Well, fellow Icebox Raiders, just remember this. Hands off any in-between-meal snacks of meat or cheese these ration days. Instead, help yourself to a tempting bowl full of Grape Nuts Flakes and milk. Grape Nuts Flakes are not rationed, and they're always one swell treat to eat. It's the distinctive, moldy-rich Grape Nuts flavor turned out in crisp, toasty brown flake form. And you'll find Grape Nuts Flakes just as grand tasting at mid-afternoon or midnight as they are for breakfast. So now, a wise word to you homemakers. If you'd saved on ration foods all around the clock, always plan to have on hand several of those big 12-ounce economy-sized packages of thrifty, appetizing grape nuts flakes. gentlemen, for the last time this season, we bring you a man who for the past 35 weeks has either entertained or bored you with his comedy. Mm. A man who many of you will have to hate, will hate to see leave the air, and an equal number will jump for joy.
5: (laughs) I don't know why you should
7: be nervous on the last program. I can imagine the first one, yes. (laughs) Go ahead, Don.
1: Well, so here he is, folks. A man the whole world is anxious to hear, but
12: on the other hand... Never
1: mind, Jack Benny,
2: applause.
7: (laughs) Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hello again, this is Jack Benny, who thrills or nauseates you, as the case may be, talking... And just think, Don, this is the last time this season you'll be putting your sweet, lovable boss on the pan. Oh, that's right,
1: Jack. Time certainly flies. It sure
7: does. What a season we've had. 27,000 miles of travel. Playing camps from San Diego to Bangor, Maine. Gosh, Don, I'm so exhausted, I can hardly stand up. You look fine, Jack. You seem to be standing there very firm and upright. That's the microphone, Don. I'm the wreck that's hanging on to (laughs) it. I tell you, Don, if I didn't have starch in my underwear, I'd fall right over. <laughs> what a season. Well, Jack, we younger members of the cast feel the strain, too. Wait a minute, Don. What do you mean, you younger members of the cast?
1: I'm not much older than you are. Oh, you must be, Jack, because I remember when I was just a child in Denver. My mother used to take me to the Orpheum Theater to see you. Well,
7: Don, that doesn't prove anything. When I started out in Vaudeville, I was just a baby. I was a a child
1: prodigy. But you walked out on the stage wearing a tuxedo. I don't care. There were diapers underneath.
7: (laughs) And that flask on my hip had a nipple on
5: it.
7: (laughs) But getting back to our programs
1: this year, Don, we sure have covered a lot of territory.
7: Chicago, Baltimore, New York,
1: Montreal. Oh, well, speaking of Montreal, Jack, didn't you borrow $5 from me during our visit there? Then Ottawa, Toronto, <laughs> and back to Chicago. I said, didn't you borrow $5 from me during our visit to Montreal?
7: Then Camp Custer, Michigan, and finally home again.
1: What a trip. I said, didn't you borrow $5 from me in Canada? Yes, and as
7: soon as I get some Canadian money, I'll pay you back. <laughs> oh, hello, Mary. Am I glad to see you.
11: Hello. Say, Jack, what are you yelling at Don for?
7: Well, in the first place, I didn't like the introduction he gave me. Let me ask you something, Mary. Do I bore people?
11: Certainly. Who said you didn't?
7: <laughs> Nobody said I didn't. He said I did.
11: Oh. Oh. Say, Jack, I bet you're glad we're going off the air tonight. You really look worn out.
7: I am tired, Mary. Radio is a pretty tough grind.
11: Well, it's tough for all of us.
7: That is tougher on me. You don't have to come in till noon on Sundays, but I got to be here at eight a.m. when the when the orchestra boys rehearse.
11: Well, it's your own fault. Why don't you let somebody else sell them coffee and donuts? <laughs>
5: <laughs>
11: because
7: it's my concession, and I can't get a guy to run it. <laughs> By the way, Mary, after the show, I'll tell you a dozen donuts at a sacrifice. A lot of Phil's boys had hangovers this morning, and all they wanted was coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Thank goodness, next Sunday I can sleep. Oh, by the way, Jack, what are you planning on doing this summer? Uh, well, Don, my doctor advised me to go away for a while where it's quiet and peaceful.
11: Say, Jack, why don't you go to my uncle's sanitarium?
7: Oh, has your uncle got a sanitarium?
11: Yes, it's called Dr. Livingston's Rest Home for jitterbugs who can't quit dancing after the music stops.
7: (laughs) I must tell my cousin Boo Boo about that. (laughs) But I have other plans for the summer, Mary. I'm going to the low Sierras. Pardon me, Jack. You mean high Sierras. I'm going to the low Sierras.
11: For heaven's sake, Jack. High means altitude, not price.
7: Oh. <laughs> then I'll go to the high Sierras. The price. I mean, the altitude will be good for me, you know. Say,
4: hey, Mr. Benny, this being our last program... Oh,
7: oh hello, Dennis.
4: Oh. Say, Mr. Benny, this being our last program... How,
7: uh, how do you feel, kid?
4: Oh, I'm doing as well as can be expected. What do you mean? Well, who expects anything of me?
7: <laughs> oh,
5: that—that's
4: right. Now, what—what uh, uh, what did you—what did you want, Dennis? Well, this being our last program, I thought I'd ask you for the ten dollars you owe me. What ten dollars? The ten dollars you borrowed from me in Boston. Do you want to pay it? Well... You'll
7: have to
11: wait till he gets some Massachusetts money.
4: You'll have to wait
7: till I remember I borrowed it. Now, Dennis, when did I ask you for that $10?
11: Don't you remember
4: you wanted to buy a wallet to keep your money in? Yes. So I gave you $2 for a wallet and $8 to put in it?
7: Oh, that's right. I'll give you the 10 later, kid. And now, Dennis, this being the last program of the season... Gee, the last program... Next week, I'll just be walking past the bank. Oh, well.
11: You can still wave to the president. He's always sitting out in front of the bank in a rocking chair. Yeah, he
7: used to own a store in Brooklyn. <laughs> but no kidding, it doesn't seem possible that this is our last show. It is, though. Yes, sir, it's aloha and goodbye.
1: All right, Don. Aloha and goodbye. Oh, Jack, not on our last broadcast. Don, aloha and goodbye. But this one is so obvious, a child could figure it out. Don, read what I wrote. Now go ahead. First, aloha. Oh, all right. Ladies and gentlemen, the next time you're at your grocer's, why not buy a package of toasty brown sweet as a nut grape nuts flakes? You'll find the price is not a ha-ha or even a medium aha. ha In fact, it is very aloha. (laughs) Okay, that's aloha. Now, goodbye. Oh, Jack. Don, goodbye. Oh, very well. Uh, Very well. Grape nuts, flakes, in the big 12-ounce economy size package is an excellent value. Don, it's a goodbye. It's a marvelous investment. Don, it's a goodbye. It's an intelligent purchase.
2: Don, goodbye. All right, so long. (laughs) Don, come back here
7: had to walk out. Now our listeners will never know what I was driving at. Oh, well, sing, Dennis. Of Everything That's Beautiful, sung by Dennis Day, who rhymes with work, shirt, and clerk. And now, ladies and gentlemen... Hey, Mr. Benny, I just thought of something. What is it?
4: How come we're going off the air tonight and Fred Allen is staying on the radio for four more weeks?
7: Well, I, I think I can explain that to you, kid. You see, Fred Allen's sponsor figures that Allen ought to stay on the air until he gets a laugh. LAUGHTER And he's got four more weeks to prove that he's a comedian. <laughs> and I've got a hunch that on the last show, his pants will come down. There'll be a sign on his underwear saying, Smile, darn you, smile.
5: <laughs>
7: I hope that answers your question, kid. Now, wait a minute, Jackson. Quit panning Fred Allen. If you ask me, I think he's the funniest guy on the air. Do I hear a voice from the cornfield? <laughs> What was that you
13: just said, Phil? I said that Fred Allen's the funniest guy on the air. Oh, yeah? And he's a great ad-libber. Many a time I've seen him stand up on the stage and reel off gags without no script.
2: Without
7: no script, huh? (laughs) Phil, let me ask you something. When you noticed Allen standing there without any script, did you also notice that he kept his right hand in his coat pocket? So what? He's got a joke book there that's printed in Braille. (laughs) you ever put heavy gloves on that guy, he couldn't open his mouth.
11: <laughs>
7: ad-lib comedian. Let me tell you something. There are very few of us left.
11: Oh, I suppose... <laughs> well, I suppose you're an ad-lib comedian.
7: Yes, I am.
11: Go on. You stepped your toe yesterday, and your writers had to cue you to say ouch.
7: Well, ouch has been overdone. I said gosh dingus. Well, so much for Alan with his baggy eyes. Alan's face looks like a baby kangaroo peeking out of a side pocket. <laughs> now, where were we?
11: Uh, don't forget the special poem I wrote for our last broadcast.
7: Oh, yes, let's get that over with too. Uh, what's the title of your poem, Mary?
11: Aloha and Goodbye.
7: You stole that from me. Go ahead and read it. <coughs> <coughs> Go ahead. Don't be nervous. Just read the poem. Go ahead. That <coughs> <We're> kid. <coughs>
2: Wait a minute, kid. I say... Oh. All right, oh-ho.
7: Oh.
11: I say aloha and goodbye. I feel so sad that I could cry. We surely hate our show to close, but when you gotta go, you gotta go.
7: <laughs> nice rhyming there.
11: We have traveled near and far. We've traveled by plane. We've traveled by car. And I guess that you have heard... We have even traveled by bird.
3: By bird?
7: We
11: took the, the lark to, to San, San Francisco. That's
2: <laughs> a train.
7: train. Go ahead, At the train. <laughs> Go ahead.
11: Jesse. We've been in the desert where the heat was so great that it melted the teeth out of Jack's upper plate.
7: <laughs> that I don't remember
11: been in Toronto where it was 20 below and Jack lost his lowers in a street full of snow.
7: Well, so much for my mouth. Is that all?
11: No, there's one more verse.
7: Oh, one more. Yes. Go ahead.
11: We'll be back again next fall when the frost is on the pumpkins. We hope that we will please you all and our program won't be stunk in the air.
5: (laughs)
7: very much. Well, Deanna, I'm awfully glad you dropped in on us tonight. Gosh, I, I haven't seen you since you were a little girl working on Eddie Cantor's program.
4: Mm, that was quite a while ago.
7: Yes, it was. Yes. See, remember how I used to drop in at rehearsal once in a while and and hold you on my knees?
3: Uh, don't try it now.
7: Oh, <laughs> oh I, I won't. I won't. I... And here you are on my program. Deanna, do you like working with me as well as you did with Eddie Cantor?
3: Oh, yes, Dad. Of course, you're much younger than I expected.
7: I just love this girl. What, uh, uh,
11: what was that? What was that you said, Deanna? I said you're much younger than I expected. Well. She must have expected Trader Horn. (laughs) Oh, Be
7: quiet. Oh, by the way, Deanna, you know the members of our cast, don't you? Mary, Phil. Sure, hello,
4: Mary. Hello. Hiya, Diana.
7: That's Deanna. He never gets a name right.
5: <laughs>
7: you look at that. <laughs> and this is Dennis Say our singer. Say hello to Miss Durban, Dennis.
4: Hello. Hello, Dennis. Hello. Hello, Dennis. Hello.
7: <laughs> Dennis, say something. Get going.
4: Will you marry me, Miss Durbin?
7: <laughs> Not so fast. <laughs> don't, uh, don't mind him, Diana. Huh?
4: Well, Dennis, that was awfully sweet of you, and I appreciate it very much. But I'm already married. Gosh, I meet the only girl in the world for me, and she's already the only girl in the world for her husband. I worry about things like that. <laughs> Oh,
7: Dennis, for heaven's sake, you'll get another girl.
4: Not me. I'm going to take poison. All right.
7: (laughs) By the way, Deanna, you may not be aware of this, but I nearly played opposite you in your latest picture, Hers to Hold. They were thinking of using me for your leading man.
3: Well, that's Hollywood for you.
7: (laughs) No... No, no kidding, Deanna. I really was going to be in the picture, but they picked uh, Joseph Cotton for the part.
11: Well, someone's got to pick that Cotton.
7: Mary! (laughs) Cut that out. Well, Deanna, we're all anxious to hear you, uh... Well, salty pants is back.
1: (laughs) Hello, Don. Hello, Jack. Yeah, how about introducing me to Miss Durbin? Not until you say what I told you to. All right. Great nut flakes for a goodbye. Glad to know you, Miss Durbin. <laughs>
5: there.
1: That's that. Now, Don, stop howdy.
7: Pull in those liver lips. They're hanging way out over the audience. And now, Deanna... Well, liver is hard to get nowadays. <laughs> Now, Deanna, we're all ready and anxious to hear your song, so... Uh... Oh, darn, that's probably Rochester calling about the party. What party? You know what party. I'm giving a farewell dinner for my whole gang and several big movie stars. Gary Cooper, Robert Taylor, Barbara Stanwyck, Claudette Colbert, Rodney Dangerfield, and Stella... and Stella Buggenhaven. Who are those last two? You never heard of Rodney Dangerfield and Stella Buggenhaven? Didn't you see pangs of passion for adults only? (laughs) Go to the movies once in a while, sister.
2: I'm coming, I'm coming. Hello? Hello, Mr. Benny, this is Rochester.
4: Rochester,
7: how are the arrangements for the party coming along?
2: Fine, boss. The butcher
7: just delivered the meat and we got
5: lucky hamburger.
7: What do you mean, lucky hamburger? I found a horseshoe in it. <laughs> that meat for Carmichael. For the party tonight, I want you to fry that chicken that's in the refrigerator. It looks very tender. Oh, it was. It
5: was. <laughs>
2: You mean to say you ate that whole chicken? All but one wing. That got away from me. Well, then we'll have to serve the hamburger. By the way, Rochester, what about our guests tonight? Have any of the movie stars arrived yet? Well, Mr. Taylor and Miss Stanley called and said they wouldn't be able to come on account of a headache.
7: They have one headache between them?
2: Uh Uh-huh. And Mr. and Mrs. Gary Cooper called, and they were very anxious to find out who you were. (laughs) Oh, I see. Then Miss Claudette called their phone and she wanted to know if Herrick had been used yet.
7: I see. So none of the movie stars are coming, eh? Oh,
2: yes. Mr. Dangerfield and Miss Buggingham have been here since noon. What? They're country folks bought to them dinner at twelve o'clock. Well, tell them to make themselves at home. See you in a little while, Rochester. Goodbye. Goodbye. Oh say boss. Now what? How did those donuts I made go over with the orchestra boys today? Not very good, Rochester. The holes were a little
7: too big. In fact, Frankie, Phil's guitar player, is wearing one around his head to keep
2: his derby from flipping down. <laughs> I see. Well, it's the last show, boss. You can have the last gag.
13: Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>
2: Now, folks, Miss
7: Deanna Durban from her universal picture, herb to Hole, will present for the first time on the air, Say a Prayer for the Boys Over There, written by Jimmy McHugh and Herb Magnuson.
5: Go ahead, Deanna. <laughs>
7: beautiful song and especially on this occasion not long ago folks we looked upon Memorial Day as a day of painful memories from which time had removed the pain and left only beauty but this Memorial Day is different today Valley Forge and Bull Run and Gettysburg and Chateau theory the marching out of the past so we see them clearly again because marching at their side are the men of Bataan and Pearl Harbor and Corregidor and Waite. Someday, time will er- erase the pain of the memory of Bataan and Pearl Harbor, as it once erased the pain of Verdun. But tonight, the gold stars are too new and bright, the wounds in our hearts too fresh, and the pain too sharp to forget. And thus, Memorial Day becomes more than a roll call of our honored dead, and a roll call more of the living. And the living must step forth to answer, and they must say, all these men from 1776 to 1943, they died for me. So let me work, and let me buy the bond. And let me, with the helping hand of God, make the sacrifice that tells the soul of each one of these men you did not die in vain.
1: I'd say our government's nutrition program, the Basic Seven, is our springboard to good health. For the Basic Seven, the seven different groups of foods our government urges us to eat every day was created to ensure a better fed and hence more efficient America. And the Basic Seven is a program that's as simple and workable as it is wise. For instance, one Basic Seven food that's plentiful, thrifty, and not rationed is whole-grain cereal. And that spells crisp, toasty brown grape nut flakes, or whole-grain Basic 7 cereal. Now, milk and fruit are also Basic 7 foods. So when you serve malty-rich grape nut flakes with milk and luscious fruit, you're getting free food from your daily Basic 7 in one nourishing, grand-tasting dish. So help yourself to better health do as Uncle Sam asks, live by the basic
7: service. And so we come to the end of the last program in this Great Nut Flake series, and we'll be with you again next fall. I want to thank Deanna Durbin for her gracious appearance here tonight. Also, my appreciation to our listeners for their many years of sharing our program with us. Thanks to my cast and my writers, Bill Morrow and Ed Belorn. Happy summer to everybody. Good night, folks.
1: Next Sunday, June 6th, the half-hour drama, Those We Love, moves into the Jack time Climb for the summer. You'll enjoy Those We Love, for it's an exciting romantic story about the sort of folks who might be your next-door neighbors. Make a note on your calendar and don't miss Those We Love next Sunday night at this same time.